This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Friday edition of the podcast. We are part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Jason Kelly. I'm your host tonight for this Deep Dives edition of the podcast. Joining me tonight from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Terry Cushman. Terry, how's it going? It's going. Just uh, waiting to hopefully get this West Coast swing off on the uh, right foot. Decent matchups, but, you know, where they're out West. But excited to uh, talk some prospects here. So we'll uh, see what kind of mischief we can get into. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully after a lackluster series against Baltimore and Cincinnati, they have a much better road trip coming up. But uh, you never know with this team, so we'll see. And uh, Terry, where can they find you on Twitter? At Cushman MLB is my personal account in the um, podcast account, which is our most active of them all, uh, is at Bastards underscore Boston. Cool. Awesome. And also joining us tonight from Denver, Colorado, by way of Quincy, Massachusetts, is Andrew Duan. What's up, Andrew? Not too much. Just getting ready for the uh, weekend of the Battle of the Bays. We got baseball and basketball, Oakland versus Boston in both. Uh, It sucks for you guys being on the East Coast. A little less worse for me. Only an hour time difference. So I'm ready to get going. Yeah, it kind of interesting that both the Red Sox and the Celtics are out uh, in Northern California at the same time, uh, obviously for much different reasons. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a couple of late nights for, for us Bostonians out here on the East Coast, but we'll, we'll power through. Um, and Andrew, where can they find you on Twitter? That's going to be at Andrew Dwan MLB. Cool. All right. Uh, and for those who are interested, you can find me at Color of the Iris on Twitter. So you can harass all three of us if you want. Um, So for this Deep Dives episode, we decided we would focus on uh, not the big league team, but the farm system, um, which has drawn some attention lately, oddly enough. Uh, Not from the offensive standpoint, but more from a pitching standpoint. So one guy that has grabbed a lot of uh, headlines lately has been Brian Bayo, uh, 23-year-old's uh fireballer who has quickly ascended through the Red Sox ranks. He's uh, just recently been promoted to Worcester 
has already made a couple of starts there and has been racking up strikeouts and uh, putting a lot of good performances on. So, uh, Andrew, I want to start with you. When, when it comes to Bayo, again, he's 23 years old. This guy was, you know, really just quickly ascended through the ranks. What is your outlook on him in general, and what do you take from his recent success, both in AA and in AAA so far? I think fans can get excited. Um, he's easily the Red Sox most exciting pitching prospect to come up since Eddie Rodriguez and then Clay Buckholtz before that. These types of arms don't come through the system all too often. He looks like a mini Pedro. His release just is Demeter on the mound. He's super bendy. Everything is just electric that comes out of his hands. He's the only international league guy with uh, multiple 10K games, and he did that in his first two uh, starts in AAA. So what he's doing right now is just transcendent, and he's going to be up in AAA for a few more starts until he looks like, you know, there's nothing else to do with him. Well, you know, you can't just let him keep striking out eight to 10 guys a game and look bored. He had a no hitter earlier in the season. Um, granted it was only seven innings, but that just gives you a sense of how dominant he was. And he's now a top hundred prospect after the MLB.com's uh, latest update. He clocked in at number 83 He's no longer a secret uh, in the baseball world. Terry, your thoughts on Bayo? Admittedly, I'm one of the weaker prospect guys. It's not usually until they hit double A where, you know, I kind of start paying attention because conceivably they're, you know, anywhere from four to 12 months away, depending on what type of trajectory they have. But, you know, his name started popping up last year as uh, he was coming up through high a and um i was gonna ask you know what what are the comps on him so we we think maybe pedro apparently you're not allowed to say pedro on on social media is is that a rule or am i mixing that up with something else well he said he wants to be better than pedro he compares himself to pedro but wants to be better okay he's from the dominican he was an international free agent signing uh we were talking about earlier so Dominican guy like Pedro. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And uh cheap signing as well. He wasn't one of your bonus babies. That's making one and a half to 3 million. He only got uh, 28,000 coming out of there. So <laughs> yeah, he was like six something, uh, six feet tall, but like weighed nothing. So that, that was, that was uh, one of the issues with him. And he was a Dombrowski guy, I assume, or it was signed during his um, tenure. Yeah. In 20, well, 2017 yeah, yeah that would yeah, have been, that been Eddie Rowe heads up there international gotcha yeah so when he comes up I mean we've got a crowded rotation right now I mean Hill is arguably your worst guy and you could put Hauk in there and possibly get good results you got Sale and you've got Paxton coming back more sooner than later Looks like Sale might be on a on a quicker path because they're already whispering about rehab starts. Um, is it a foregone conclusion that if Bayo comes up, it, it'll be out of the pen? You'd have to imagine at this point, right? Because like you said, the rotation's pretty crowded. Um, it, unless 
an injury occurs or unless Pavetta goes back to being Nick Pavetta of April and he's just completely lost it again, which I don't foresee that happening. Your rotation should be Sale, Ibaldi, Pavetta, you know, uh, Waka, Paxton, and then you've got a multitude of arms beyond that. You've got Whitlock still. Um, if you call up Bayo, you've got him. You've got Tanner Houck, you know, kind of lying in the weeds there. So I, I can't imagine that Brian Bayo at this point, uh, even as quickly as he has risen in the ranks, that he gets called up and is in your starting rotation at any point in 2022. Um, Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he can't supplant any of these guys. That would piss some people off too. You know, you can't bounce Pavetta out of there. Um, you're not getting, I mean, Hill probably won't be in the rotation for too long if Sale or Paxton come back. And obviously they have priority with one of those spots before Bayo. So I think he's just a super weapon um, that you can utilize and also cut down on his innings this season. Next year, I don't think it's a question, though. I think he's going to go into spring training. Um, God willing, he's healthy and just competing for a spot in the rotation, that is. He has not had Tommy John, I assume, that we're aware of. Not not that I know of, no. Yeah, I don't think so. Just turned 23. Okay, so like Andrew said, God willing, I mean, you know, I almost expect most guys are going to have it but before the age of 25, 26, unfortunately. We're seeing that with uh, Whitlock. Tanner Houck had a, kind of a scare last year with some inflammation. Um, turned out to not be anything. Probably more a result of the uh, weird pandemic year. But, um, yeah, I just the hype is in our face every day with, with him. And you're seeing videos circulating around on social media, especially with a pair of 10 strikeout games. So um, I hope we see him. If we're not competitive though, and we fall out of it. I mean, I, I've mentioned multiple times here on the last couple of shows, we got a tough early start to July. You got the Yankees twice, you got the Rays twice, we got some teams that can do some damage on us, uh, you know, in in the month of June, uh, if we're not playing well. And, and you got Toronto uh, towards the end of the month. So will they start? If we do fall out of it, wouldn't it be best to just not start the clock on him? That's that's where my mindset is. Uh, for me, Bayo's potential call up is going to depend a lot on where this team is by like mid July and heading into the trade deadline, uh, you know, are you going to be buyers or are you going to be sellers? That's, you know, that's something that people are kind of going back and forth on right now. I think it's a little bit too early to determine, but June and July are going to be big months for this team because if they're out of it, yeah. And, and if they're like really out of it, they're still in fourth place. They're still 12, 13 games back. The offense is still inconsistent. The rotation, you know, the bullpen is still inconsistent. Wouldn't you want to keep Bayo? down in triple a and just give him a full season down there because you know you mentioned tommy john he hasn't as far as we know he hasn't had it yet but man that frame scares me six one 175 pounds i mean that's not big and i know he says he wants to be you know better than pedro and pedro is one of the few guys that with that kind of frame could pull it off and not get injured too much but that's that's a rare occurrence and i just 
I worry about ramping up a kid like that too quickly this early in his career. So, um, Andrew, what do you think? Like, should that be in consideration for July if the Red Sox are teetering around 500 or should they be patient on him? Oh, if they're, you know, if they have a shot at the third wild card, I think they bring him up. Um, if they're out of it and their plans have changed, yeah, there's no reason to. You just give them a full year of development and then you say, screw it. Like, hell, we might not even see Cassis at this rate. I mean, he's been hurt all, you know, the last few weeks. They said he's not even close to coming back. So we could just see a lot of the top guys stay down. And, you know, we don't start their proverbial clock until next uh, yeah, April or May. The one thing that makes me nervous about the Pedro comparison, remember Davey Garcia, Yankees prospect, a.k.a. Little Pedro? <sighs> he is in AAA right now at 10.38 ERA. <laughs> I don't even get the Pedro comparison. I mean, the dude topped out at 91.92 anyway, but I think he's from the Dominicans, so that's why, um, you know, and he was... I, apparently Pedro was his favorite pitcher, but anyway, just random Terry going off the tracks moment there. I had to look him up. No, it, it's fair. Cause like, I mean, go back to one of the last Red Sox pitching prospects, if you will, Clay Buckholz. I mean, Clay Buckholz always worried me because he was so thin. Now he was tall, but man, he was, he was a rail. And I just always worried, like he's not going to stay healthy. He can't pitch you know, 180, 200 innings a year. And sure enough, he never could. So yeah, it, it's fair to worry about guys that are that small and if they can hold up. So um, hopefully Bayo is an exception to the rule, but you never know. It, it's it's just so hard to to maintain that kind of workload when you're a buck 75 soaking wet. Um, but moving on from, from Bayo real quick, we're going to move to another Red Sox pitching prospect. This is actually a guy who was drafted by the Red Sox back in 2019, uh, Brandon Walter. So Brandon Walter is a little bit older than Bayo. He's 25, and he's in the Red Sox AA system right now, but he looks pretty good. 2-2, two 2.88 two, ERA so far down in Portland. Um, again, he's a guy who since 2021 has really started to pick it up and has really started to look pretty good on the mound. Um, 25, you know, maybe a little bit of a late bloomer, but a guy who, because of that age and because he's, you know, really starting to figure it out, could maybe see a call up or, or some time on the big league roster soon. So Terry, what's your thoughts on Brandon Walter and, and how high are you on him? Admittedly, I am nowhere near as familiar with, uh, Brandon Walter as, uh, as I am with. Um, as I've gotten to be recently with Brian Bayo, but he must have been, he must have pitched what three or four years in college for him to be drafted uh, in 2019, I would assume. He was, um, as of 2019, he was still pitching in college. Yeah. So, so he was drafted. He must've been like a four year college cause he was age 22 when he was drafted. So he was a four year player. Gotcha. He's, I mean, having a very impressive year, a two, eight, eight ERA. He's pitched uh, 50 innings already. So that's a, that's a pretty 
healthy sample size here. I'm trying to get his strikeout numbers. Um, let's see, where is he? Much quicker on the baseball reference. Oh, there they are. So 60, wow, 68 strikeouts and 50 innings. This guy is like punching guys out left and right. Well, and the amazing number too is that he's struck out 68 guys. He's only walked three in 50 innings, which is kind of insane. Now he's given up six homers. So, you know, six homers, 50 innings. I don't, you know, not too alarming. I mean, the Red Sox are fine with Nathan Abaldi giving up a home run or four home runs every game and he's their ace. Um, but yeah, it seems like he's kind of a punch out guy. Uh, Andrew, enlighten us. You're more all over him than, than we are. <laughs> yeah. So he had TJ in college. So that's the reason he was so oh, He missed sense. two years. Yeah. So okay. yeah, he, uh, he was a senior sign. Uh, yeah. He has turned into a hell of a, uh, of a pitcher for the Red Sox. Uh, he was in the bullpen a lot. Um, as of even last year when he was down in Salem, but this year he's been in the rotation. He's looked filthy. Uh, you know, his fastball for a lefty tops out at 95, which is great. Um, he's been awesome. And like you guys talked about his walk numbers, you know, only three to 68 strikeouts. That's elite of elite. So he got to AAA a little bit later than Bayo did. So he's, you know, the Red Sox are a team that they do like to see them put in some time in the minors before they you know, bring them up. They don't rush them through the system under Bloom. Uh, so I think he'll be a little bit longer down there. Him, I would see as more of a bullpen piece long-term. He doesn't have quite the ceiling that Bayo does, but not many guys uh, do. So Brandon Walter, valuable piece. I do think he, we, if they want to fast track him through the pen, they could do that. Just for the heck of it, uh, his 68 strikeouts in 50 innings, that translates to a 12.2 strikeout per nine. So dude's punching them. Yeah. And certainly uh, the Red Sox pitching staff in general, I think could use uh, some more punch out guys, but uh, certainly no problem in waiting a little bit more again. Like you said, Andrew, you know, had had surgery late in college, kind of a late bloomer kind of guy. So Maybe you wait on him a little bit more just to see if it's for real because that 68 strikeouts to three walks, that's that doesn't sound sustainable. Like it's, it's certainly not at the big league level. Um, guys are more patient at the big league level. He's bound to run into some more walk situations, maybe some more contact as well. But certainly you got to keep on, keep an eye on for sure. Um, What's his mix like? What does he throw? Like what what's getting all those strikeouts? I his his fastball has been, you know, kind of his bread and butter. Uh also his changeup. Those are gonna be his uh his two best pitches there. He's that those are you know his okay. main two pitches. He's got a slider, not as strong, but yeah, mainly fastball changeup. So that makes more sense as to why he'll be a reliever if he's a two pitch guy, but I uh I guess I can't wait to see more. I, I did see that he was promoted last week, and there there seemed to be a, a lot of excitement uh, behind it. But I mean, I've been kind of um, paying a little bit more attention to Bayo for sure. Would Would you say, Andrew, that 
for Walter that developing that third pitch, maybe that slider is key for him if he wants to, you know, really make it to the big leagues. I think, I mean, yes, obviously, but I, I don't think if it develops more, it'll be an average pitch. It's not, it's never going to be a, a weapon for him. Um, it'll just, it'll be the slider to keep them, keep the batters honest, but he's going to be your classic lefty two pitch dude. Uh, and that's why he's got the ceiling of a four or a five, but uh, you know, a more higher leverage, multi, multi inning uh, reliever. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So another guy in the Red Sox system, he's actually been in their system for quite a while. We, we've heard his name before. Brian Mata, um, again, 23 years old, another international signing for the Red Sox, uh, underwent Tommy John last year and missed all of 2021. Is probably going to miss most of 2022, but I guess he's maybe hopefully close to starting to throw again. Um, this is a guy that at one time was labeled the best Red Sox pitching prospect in their system, obviously before this year and Bayo and a couple of other guys came along. So Andrew, what's your take on Mata in terms of can the Red Sox expect anything out of Brian Mata in 2022? And if not, what's his long-term future? I am holding out hope he can. He's been in extended spring training lately. um, Absolutely tearing it up hitting 101 on the gun, uh, sitting about 98-99. So that's an exciting arm. They didn't quite commit to fast-tracking him as a reliever. Doesn't sound like they've given up hope on him being a starter, which is a little interesting to me because he has broken down a couple times now and obviously the most serious of injuries having, you know, TJ to fix a UCL injury. So if they really wanted to get aggressive with him, they would turn him into a full-time reliever, which there's your closer of the future if you wanted to. Um, but it sounds like they kind of still want to, uh, they don't want to rule out him being a starter full-time, but I think we'll see him in the higher levels of the minors. It'll be late summer. If the, there are any whispers of him coming up to the big leagues again, if he's a reliever, but not a starter. You know, it's interesting because two or three months ago, if I told you they're going to make Darwin's and Hernandez a starter again, I mean, you would have thought I was nuts, but here we are. You know, that's what they're trying. So it's just, it's weird, the, you know, the decision-making that that's going on. And I thought it was a foregone conclusion in spring training that Mata would be with us as a reliever at some point in July or August. And, but now, I mean, with all the, these other developments, I mean, we just talked about Bayo and Walter, maybe, maybe those guys coming up as relievers is, is what's caused the Red Sox to possibly pump the brakes on the relief plans for Mata and maybe take that second look like Andrew said. So you got, so many quality guys now in the upper levels of the minors. So no matter how you look at it, it's not a bad problem to have. Well, and that's what I wanted to ask you, Terry is like, so we've talked about the Red Sox bullpen struggles, you know, so far these first two months of the season, it's been up and down. 
We've had a few guys flash, but ultimately there's no consistency back there. So if you look at guys like Bayo and even Brandon Walter to some degree, wouldn't would you rather save them and develop them as starters and bring up Mata when he's healthy as a reliever? Or do you prefer the way the Red Sox seem to be doing it, which is we'll fast track those guys and we'll we'll sort of slow down Mata, try him out again as a starter and try to build more starting pitching depth. But our bullpen in the meantime might just still be inconsistent for the rest of 2022. I mean, I ideally uh, I'd like to see at least one of the arms come up and help whether, whether that's Mata or I, I think it's less likely to be Mata cause he just seems to be a little bit further behind uh, on his program now, but we're going to get Robles back. I think before long, we did get strong back today. Uh, you know, I talked about in the last show that I'm pretty excited uh, about Tyler Danish so far and Tanner Houck, another guy we talked about pitching very well out of the pen. I do feel like there is going to be a, a combination of some of those guys that we have plus one guy coming up that's going to be very serviceable. Hein Bloom also said today in his comments with the media that they may target a, a veteran uh, relief arm uh, in, in the coming days or weeks. So um, either, either way, I, I think my biggest concern is Chris Sale coming in and just not having it, giving you what he gave you last year, just inconsistency, grinding. He had a couple of ugly outings. Paxton's been a guy over his career who – struggles with his mechanics i'm kind of worried that these guys might come up and ruin the 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 flow of the rotation that that we've had so um we'll see i guess yeah it'll be interesting to see what approach they take um obviously again you know still pretty early in the season but you know a month from now, we're going to be approaching that halfway point. You know, the all-star break is kind of that halfway point of the season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where those three guys are and where the Red Sox are and what their needs will be. Um, one last prospect that we're going to touch on tonight is Frank German. Uh, and yes, it is pronounced German, not Herman. I know that fans will debate that forever, but it is German or it is German rather. Uh, he was actually a draft pick from the Yankees that the Red Sox got as part of the Adam Adovino trade, 24 years old, um, and he's recently been promoted to Worcester, had had some time in double-A, looked pretty good there, um, had a nice you know 3.18 ERA down there. Um, a guy that we don't know a ton about because he hasn't been in the system that long, but Andrew, what are your thoughts on Frank German? And again, 24 years old, so he's if you want to say on the older side of prospects, I guess that's fair, but what's, what's his projection ultimately? Well, first, if he works out the Yankees giving up a on a kid from Queens to the Red Sox, will just be perfect. Um, it'll just that much more salt in the wound. He's a flamethrower. You know, he tops out at 99. That's a heavy fastball. He's got a split finger, uh, and a slider as well. Um, he uses, you know, the first two of those uh, as his primary pitches. It's a good one-two punch from him, and he's been very effective. The Red Sox have been using him in high-leverage situations throughout the minors. Um, 
he's coming in with guys on base in the ninth inning and shutting it down. Uh, he's going to get a little time in Worcester, but if all the three people we've talked about, I think Frank German could have, you know, he'll be up the fastest of these guys. Cause he is a pure reliever. He's always been a pure reliever. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch him go. Cause He's got that lively arm. He's not hitting 92, 93. He's bringing it every single time at 99, 98, 99. So, yeah, Frank German, definitely a name to watch. And if they get more out of that Ottavino deal, that was an absolute steal. So it sounds like it sounds like he's a guaranteed bullpen piece then. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. He's yeah. not a he'll, he's not a starter. He hasn't been a starter in I think since college almost. Okay, Terry, your thoughts. I'm excited to see him. Um, there, there's been a lot of hype uh, for him going back to uh, last summer. And, he, you know, I, I think he kind of plays into your last question. You know, who who could be the guy that comes up? And it, it, it could be German, who I, I whiffed. I, I thought his last name was pronounced Herman, like Domingo Herman. But it's just exciting to me looking at next year, what this bullpen could be with all these names we've talked about. And I mean, who was the last guy that threw like serious gas out of the Red Sox bullpen? Barnes was before his epic collapse last year. Uh, You had Kimbrell before him, but we haven't really had those run of guys in, in quite some time. So Really looking forward to it. I'm I'm almost surprised they gave Deekman a two year deal at this point, with with all these guys that could be coming up and pitching. I mean, Mata definitely will be up by then, although we don't know yet uh, if that'll be as a reliever necessarily. But just got got a lot of guys that are close. Yeah, it, the only thing I would counter, it, it, you know, in terms of giving Deekman a two year deal, only one of these four guys is a lefty. The others are righties, and we know sure. that left-handed pitchers are, by nature, more valuable. They're they're a tougher matchup for a lot of hitters. Um, but I agree. I I think Frank German could be the closest guy in terms of coming up, being in the bullpen, knowing that that's his role, and being an immediate sort of impact. Um, so I'll ask the obvious question because a lot of Red Sox fans will leap to it, especially if he does get called up. Could Frank German be a future closer for this team? I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I don't think he's got that kind of stuff. I think he's more of your seventh inning guy. Uh, that's kind of his ceiling. I mean, if he can develop into it, that's great. But I, I would not put any sort of money on him being a established closer uh, for the team. We got a host on another show that that wants it to be John Schreiber. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't have a bona fide closer and we haven't for quite some time. I mean, Robles is one half a step from going full on Alfredo Aceves from 10 years ago. So, and he's a guy I was kind of hoping with that strong finish last year would kind of be the the surefire guy for at least uh, the remainder of this season. But but if Andrew gets his way, it could be Strom, uh, which still remains to be seen. Yeah, it, it's just an interesting thing to think about because if the Red Sox do go on a little bit of a run in the month of June, 
all of a sudden they're back in it. You they have to know that the closer role is one that they have to either identify or you know fill that role. You know if they want to identify Matt Strom as a closer, fine. But if they don't have confidence in him, they're either trading for a closer or bringing up one of these guys. And I don't love that idea either. But again, it, you know it all depends on what happens in the month of June. So um, let me let me close with this: of these four guys. Okay, between Bayo, Mata, Walter, and German, which of the four do you think has the best chance of having a long-term significant impact on the Red Sox? Andrew, I'll start with you. Uh, Bayo. You think Bayo? He, he just yep. has like the best makeup and he's got the team. highest ceiling of them all. He's got the best raw stuff. Um, if he fails, he's a reliever and a probably a damn good one. Um, if the other ones fail, then they have a very limited uh, window of success. All right. Terry? I mean, I can't uh, really expand on it any better than uh, what Andrew just did. So he's he's the hype train right now, uh, you know, carrying this whole farm system. So oh, – what could he be like? Are they going to update the ratings one more time? The prospect rankings? Like, could he be like a top 30 guy by the end of the year? They'll update him. So they don't do like full blown updates on MLB.com. Uh, they just kind of do like housekeeping ones. You know, when guy, okay. Some guys clear out. If some guys completely bottom out, they update. But they don't do insane ones. Uh, oh, gotcha. I don't know if Baseball America does more extreme ones, but. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not too sure. It just sounds like he could really climb if if the punch outs are still there, you know, throughout his Worcester run and whatnot. But yeah, I I think I agree with that. I think Bale's probably got the best chance. I will give a slight shout out to Brian Mata. I think if Mata is able to come back healthy, and if they do use him as a reliever, and and that's what his future is, and he kind of turns into, you know, your one to two winning guy out of the back end of that bullpen, that could be super valuable. As good as Bayo could be as a starter, um, Brian Mata could be just as valuable out of the back of the bullpen. So I am kind of rooting for him, um, hoping that that happens, because let's face it, guys, the Red Sox need pitching prospects to work out badly. They've got offensive prospects. We know that. Okay, We know about Costas. We know about Nick York. We know about those guys. They need pitching prospects badly. And they need they need these guys to work out. So of these four, I'm hoping at least half of them work out. But uh, time time will tell. So any final thoughts from you guys on on any of this? Not really. I think we covered uh, their outlook pretty well. Uh, ditto. Okay. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this deep dives edition. Um, your weekend crew will be back on Monday to cover the Oakland Athletics Series. Uh, Red Sox will be beginning their West Coast trip in Oakland this weekend. So hopefully they perform well. Should be a good series. But uh, the Bastards will be back with you on Monday. Until then, take care, everyone. <laughs>